tales and big tips from the road. You heard him here first, people. I'm Doug Wallace from TravelRight.today. Welcome to the big show, now trending in 17 countries. Well, I use the term trending loosely, but you know, this is super niche, right? First off, thank you to people who listen regularly and who talk about it when I see you. It means a lot. Today, we're going to merely scratch the surface of why to buy travel insurance. We're going to talk about both how and why. I get asked questions about insurance all the time because people feel pressured into ticking all those opt-in insurance boxes when they're booking a trip online. Don't leave yourself unprotected. As a travel writer, I'm insured up the wazoo. I mean, if I have a heart attack in Greenland, by God, there's a helicopter coming to get me. But even if you're only getting on a plane four or five times a year or less, travel insurance is an essential part of travel full stop. Without it, you're just leaving yourself open to all sorts of problems, some of them devastating, most of them financially crippling. The truth is, you can't afford not to buy insurance of some kind. Here's the how-to part. Number one, fully wrap your head around what travel insurance is included with your credit cards. Keep in mind that that insurance only works if you use that particular card to buy your trip. Number two, check to see if your workplace insurance has travel insurance benefits that you can take advantage of. Maybe that's all you need. And you won't know unless you invest the time to read the fine print, and God knows it's hard enough to understand. If you don't understand the fine print, phone the insurance provider and start asking questions. Just block off a half hour and eat the frog. Number three, shop around for a good general annual plan that will allow you to then skip the add-on insurance packages that travel websites try to sell you on the fly as you're booking online, often, as I mentioned, playing to your insecurities. Now let's move on to why to book travel insurance. Lost luggage aside, here are eight reasons why you need it. But first, full disclosure. This list is a bit of a downer, and it involves catastrophic life events we'd rather not think about, let alone plan for. But Being prepared for emergencies is super smart, however unpleasant. Number one, trip cancellation. Plans can change, and if yours change more than most, maybe cancellation insurance is more of a consideration for you. Now, if you're just going to Calgary for the weekend or something, I never bother, but you be the judge of your own safety net comfortability here. Number two, trip interruption. One billion things can cut short your trip of a lifetime, and none of them could be your fault. Number three, medical emergencies. There's no way you want to be ill in a foreign country without insurance. You could end up losing your life savings and or your home. Number four, acts of God. Earthquakes, mudslides, forest fires, hurricanes, and worse. The plethora of weather weirdness of late is reason enough not to be left holding the suitcase when everybody else runs for cover. Number five, terrorist attack or military coup. The world can be a volatile and unpredictable place, as the news reminds us practically every day. Number six, labor strike. No one wants to be stranded thousands of miles from home just because the airport workers walk off the job. Preventing this from being a problem is wonderful peace of mind. Number seven, Beached cruise ship. 
This happened to my auntie once, and she had to come home in her pajamas and a borrowed coat. But I'm sure the cruise line covered everything eventually, but you never know. Number eight, death in the family. If your parents are elderly or rickety, you need to have the flexibility to cancel or cut a trip short if you have to without losing your shirt. My mother died a week before I was to go on holiday in the Netherlands. And man, I could have killed her. Listen, I told you this episode was going to be a downer. No downers in Budapest, though. I was in Hungary this summer and lucky enough to enjoy the amazing hospitality at the Aria Budapest. This is a library collection hotel. These are the people behind the Library Hotel in New York and the new Hotel X in Toronto at the Exhibition, which is quite something. The Aria is on the Pest side of town, and as you can imagine from the name, it has a music motif. The rooms are designed with famous people from the music world in mind. Bach, Michael Jackson, a jazz wing, there's an opera wing, there's a Rolling Stones room and a BB King room, a Rachmaninoff room. There's a grand piano in the lobby lounge that is so expensive, it looks like it was built by aliens. I think there are only three like it in the world. I was too afraid to touch it. There's a gorgeous interior courtyard, a very nice pool, wine and cheese at happy hour, an extremely nice rooftop bar. But the primo service is the winner here. I left a pair of glasses in the locker of a local swimming pool, the gorgeous Gellert Bath and Spa. And the pool phoned the hotel, and the hotel sent someone to go get them. All this while I was having a nap. Rooms from 300 US a night. Go to ariahotelbudapest.com. Moving on to my new favorite restaurant this episode, the winner is The Courtney Room in the Magnolia Hotel and Spa in beautiful downtown Victoria, BC. The setting is the space previously occupied by Catalana Restaurant in one corner of the building, which the hotel has now taken over completely and overhauled. The vibe is French bistro, all Art Nouveau, airy and white with dark wood paneling, chevron patterned wood flooring. The reno pushed the ceiling even higher than it already was. Shareable bistro fare on the ground floor, and then you go up just a few stairs to the dining part. The menu up there is like Canadiana with an icing of France. Beef tartare, baked halibut, seared scallops, and four cuts of steak. But the $90 tasting menu is what you really want. And who doesn't love a course that's called pre-dessert? I thought Tim was going to blow a gasket. The chef is Sam Harris. Super nice guy, extremely easy on the eyes. Now, that's sexist, but the gays are still getting away with it, you notice? Sam favors the local food producers, of course, and the same with the wine list, curated to encompass the cream of varietals and regions with many from the Gulf Islands. The experience? A glass of bubbles from Vancouver Island's Unsworth Vineyards and a dozen oysters to start. Yes, please. Visit magnoliahotel.com and thecourtneyroom.com. That's spelled like Courtney Love. Now, are you making your own travel plans or do you just fob it off on the travel agent? I ask because I never use travel agents and really, there's a time and place for them for sure. One is that they're always on the inside and they know everything. Two is that they have access to deals and information that we don't. Three is that yes, you don't have to do the legwork. I like the legwork. 
but I'm going on a Christmas holiday with my family and they chose Gloria Weeb at Marlin Travel in Winkler, Manitoba. I swear I drove this woman crazy. The emails. Then, later, I had to change some of the details, which I never would have been able to do on my own. And she just took it all in stride. The message is that if you're traveling between multiple cities, going with a large group, or you don't have time or inkling to do your own research, the travel agent is for you. I've found a new one. Here's a piece of my mind today about traveling to America. People sometimes ask me, So, what part of the U.S. are you from? Toronto, I say. Their apologies, swift and heartfelt. I don't mind, I I tell them so, but foreigners think that Canadians are mortified to be associated with our neighbours to the south. Are we okay, though, with spending our money in Trump's America? Are you boycotting? You're not worrying about it at all? I know quite a few people who refuse to go to the U.S. and they're spending their money and time elsewhere, But I think people pick and choose when to bitch about the states and when to just lap it up and conveniently forget about some of the issues. I'm guilty about this myself. The other week, I had a person from the tourism board of Georgia invite me to a lunch in Toronto to hear all about the exciting things happening in the Peach State. And I declined, and I replied via email, As a homo, I can't in good conscience rally around the tourism of your state right now. I was referring to some of the current leader's vocal anti-LGBTQ stance on more than a few fronts. The tourism people were really nice about it, and they understood, and they said so. But then in the same week, I hopped on a plane to Florida without caring a lick about the crap all their leaders are. And this was before the election recounts. Do you see what I mean about picking and choosing? Like, are you going to boycott going to New York for the next two years? You're not going to Vegas or Palm Springs? I'll believe that when I see it. That's a piece of my mind, however small. I guess the moral today is just, love thy neighbor, right? Half of my audience is American, and I love you people for it. That's it for today. Remember your manners when crossing the border, yes? That's good advice. Just look them in the eye. Find more travel inspiration at travelright.today. Of course, thank you for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe.